Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by Victoria Tomlinson. Victoria used to be a director of EY in London. She also founded Northern Lights PR over 30 years ago, and she's still the CEO today, along with being the CEO of Next Up, a company, <clears throat> excuse me, a company she launched to inspire people to find new ways to use their skills to ensure continued well-being in what she calls unretirement. Now, Next Up also runs pre-retirement workshops for corporations and professional firms to help them understand the impact of retirement on mental health. Thanks for joining me today, Victoria. Oh, it's a pleasure, Jackie. Uh, this is a subject, as you will gather, very dear to my heart. So I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad. Um, I could have gone on longer uh, with all of your accomplishments in speaking and in writing. Let's just say that you've done a lot so far in your life, and I don't think that you're going to be stopping or slowing down anytime soon. Um, no. I'd, like to, I'd like to start with a bit about you and your background and how you ended up founding Next Up. Uh, I don't imagine that it was your goal um, growing up, so let's, uh, let's see what happened with Victoria. Well, I have had an eclectic career and, you know, I'm 66 and happy to talk about that. And I think once you reach this grand age, you've done a lot in your life. So I think we won't go back right to the beginning, but I worked for an engineering company and then a banknote printing company. I used to fly all around the world selling banknotes and passports to foreign governments. And then I joined, as you say, EY, Ernst & Young then. And then I've been running this PR communications business for the last 30 something years. And I got into social media really quite early in this professional market that I'm working in. And people thought I was a bit weird. What's someone like you? And I'm not quite sure what the you meant, but <laughs> what's someone like you doing in social media? And I said, well, it is it's communications. It's where it's going. But because of that, I was also, I chaired a board and I sat on boards. And I was seen to be this rather odd person who understood LinkedIn, but understood also the world for senior people. And I was being sent, and they were sent by friends, very senior people who had retired. And actually a lot of them, majority were men, because unfortunately still we've got that big skew at this age group, where it's mostly men still who are senior. And they were in a quite bad place. They had thought because they were senior and so they had such prestigious careers, they'd never really dealt with failure. They'd not probably applied for anything since they left school or university. And they expected there to be a queue of people up their drive saying, please do come and whatever it was. A lot of it was expecting non-executive director roles. 
And I realized that there's a real problem here. People talk about retirement as if it's a dream and nobody's really talking about the challenges that it brings. And I thought actually people need help here. These people have still got so much to offer. They've got amazing skills, resources, contacts to die for. Actually, we're just wasting this. And that's why I started Next Up, because I feel like we're wasting a generation of talent, basically. And that's so true. There's so many people. And and along with thinking that people are going to be lining up at their doors, they're Mm. also kind of wondering what to do with themselves, I think, when they when they discover that people aren't lining up at the doors. You know, what do I do now? And of course, you've got the challenge that whereas once upon a time, I think even even 10 years ago and definitely before that, there was a tendency that when you retired, you either played golf sort of in a inverted commas as a kind of a category or you got a non-executive director role and of course what's happened now is that boards want far more diversity in every sense not just gender but they're particularly looking for cyber and data skills and other skills there and of course this is a much shrunken market for this generation so they can do other things and one of the things I've been trying out is to get this generation of experienced business people mentoring tech entrepreneurs. And it's, I can't tell you, Jackie, it, the buzz when this happens, and we've got an event next week, actually, and we've got 25 mentors and 25 entrepreneurs. And when we've done this before, the youngsters, they would say, I didn't think the older generation would be interested in my business. And couldn't be further from the truth. And then the older generation said, I didn't think the youngsters would want to listen to someone like me. Couldn't be further from the truth. And honestly, I really want to see more of this using those skills, particularly for the younger generation. And I think the last decade, the younger generations had a really tough time. You know, we're, we're the lucky ones with all sorts of things in terms of the fortunes that we've had and I think it's time for us to sort of give back and to share some of that now and it's a win-win for everybody because then they keep active and they enjoy life um, as you say what what am I going to do well there's a whole bunch of people who want your skills that's fabulous that that event I think is going to be wonderful that's so when you started next up did you run into any sort of um obstacles any any pushback from <laughs> From the seniors, from the people who who you're trying to help? Um, it was quite clear right from the beginning there's a real need here. But what's interesting is individuals don't want to pay once it's out of their own pocket. And yep. particularly this generation have been used to corporates paying for any kind of training or development. And they became really mean about paying for it themselves. So gradually we sort of swung around our business model and we're now working with particularly professional firms at the moment and I'm just starting up um, a professional services retirement forum to share best practice because everybody is struggling with what do we do with helping people how can we help them and actually how do we keep them involved in our firm longer nobody's trying to keep people staying involved if they want to move on but actually a lot of people you know you've worked in an organization for 30 years if it's work, if you have a good exit, actually, you may well want to still be involved with your firm. And we've just been this morning, just before I'm talking to you, Jackie, we've just been designing another um, 
pre-retirement workshop. I hate this word retirement. It kind of <laughs> don't want to use it. But um, we've just been planning that out. And it's amazing the number of alumni, as we call them, who still want to be involved. And it's a win-win again for everybody because they're quite keen to stay involved. And it makes them feel like I've got something worth having. You know, it's back to people lose their their identity and their self-esteem. And actually, this is saying, yes, you have still got something to offer. Come and come and work with us. So I love doing that. You mentioned losing self-esteem, losing, you know, what they're feeling like or what their what their drive is, I guess. Um, one of the things that Next Up does, I imagine, is help people build back up or maintain the confidence that they had as a, you know, a leader in their community because you know, as you mentioned, once you retire and you're not doing that anymore, saying, well, I used to do tends to draw some people into themselves a little bit. They, they're, you know, their confidence disappears, their, their ability to say, well, yes, I am a leader still goes away. Yeah. And that's one of the sessions that we run, which is um, I heard one uh, senior partner of a law firm. He said, someone said to me, don't be a wuzzer. And he said, I wasn't sure what a was or was, but he means exactly what you're saying, Jackie. Don't be somebody who says, I was the senior partner of whatever law firm. Um, you need to be, I am, because I was sounds old hat. It sounds like you're no longer part of the sort of, you're no longer relevant, really. Um, so, yes, we do do that. And that's one of the reasons we do that as a module, if you like, within the workshops we do, getting people to mentor entrepreneurs. And that's a, a very definite um, purposeful exercise to remind them of the skills that they have to build their confidence and to say look people do value what you bring to the party here so we do all sorts of things we also inevitably uh, touch on not touch on we do quite a big session on LinkedIn because they've hated the idea of LinkedIn they don't really understand how to use it Um, and they kind of when we show them what you can do with it Okay. At the beginning of the session, you kind of get those crossed arms. You know, I'm not interested in this. It's it's awful, this social media. And then by the end of it, the arms are uncrossed and they're kind of going, oh, I suppose I've got to get into this, haven't I? I can see there's a real value here. So we do all sorts of things. And we, we get people um, to come back and to share their stories. And we ask people to be vulnerable in that, to say the things that were really hard and the fact that it, I've seen it takes typically around two to five years for people to get where they kind of thought they wanted to be, but they have no idea what that would actually look like. But it feels like a, a certain certain amount of time. I had some lawyers were asking me, can you help us to deal with rejection and failure? And I said, look, it's only rejection and failure if you set it, set it up to be rejection and failure. Actually, what you need to say is, I'm going to try lots of things. Some will work and some won't. And all I say is just learn from each one of those. What what was it about that that didn't work? And don't go and do that again. And learn from it and move on. So it's a trial and error phase, I think, uh, at this next stage. There is no handbook. Nobody has any easy way. And we talk about finding purpose. And that's such a hard thing because it's so personal, what matters to individuals. Um, and I wish I could I wish I could really sort of wave a magic wand for everybody say this is your purpose go go and find it and go and use it 
<laughs> I wish you could do that for me. <laughs> well, I think you've got a purpose here, haven't you, Jackie, where you're helping others. I think that's helping others is a massive purpose, I think. Oh, thank you. It's, I hope it's helping. I hope that uh, the I people who are it. listening are enjoying you know, what they're hearing and are learning from it. For, for the various workshops that you have, um, you talked about doing LinkedIn and you work on, on confidence and that sort of thing. What other types of workshops do you have or what other types of classes inside your programs do you, do you run? Um, well, we have, we have sessions on becoming various things that people do at this stage. So things like we bring in a headhunter or two uh, to talk about, um, you know, non-executive directors' roles are still on most people's agenda, even if it's only curiosity, do I or don't I want one? So we do include that. But also in that much more in that startup scale-up sort of market, um, more around the sort of entrepreneurial side, we bring people in to talk about the sorts of skills and how to get involved in those. And I keep saying to people, I love that you talk about is freedom, confidence, planning, and generosity, because that's actually what we cover. Um, it's absolutely perfect, that summing up. And that bit about generosity, about the more that you can do for free, the more likely it might be leading to something paid. People still seem to want to earn some money. We won't go into all the reasons why. Some of that's just to do with I'm worth it, but there's kind of a validation in a way. I think but that's huge. Um, yeah. Um, but I think what we what we sort of also cover then is different routes, so becoming a coach. And I was talking to somebody the other day and she was saying it's amazing how much people spend on becoming a coach, but they don't spend any money on learning how to market themselves. So, you know, it's actually the reality check of all of this. Um, it's no good just becoming something and then nobody wants you. You know, you've got to you've got to invest in the marketing as well. And things like becoming a consultant. Uh, angel investing, uh, so all sorts of things. We bring people in to talk about the different sorts of routes and the, 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 the highs and lows of that journey, if you like. I mean, most people say that, you know, you don't go into angel investing to make a lot of money, but you thoroughly <laughs> enjoy the journey, basically. And if you make some money, that's, that's, a, that's a bonus, really, on the way. I suppose all of the people that you work with are people who are looking for something else. Do you, do you ever run into people who get there and then decide, you know, maybe, maybe I'm happy with the retirement part of things that I'm really not cut out for doing something else or, or do people generally find something? I'm sure there are those people, but I'm not coming across those. I'm coming across more likely people thought they didn't want to do anything. And then they realize actually, this is not very fulfilling, um, it, you know, going back to that lacking a sense of purpose. And I mean, I, there must be for some people, as examples, looking after your grandchildren or something, but, you know, the grandchildren grow up and then they don't necessarily want their grandparents around as much. So I think it's easy to think that this is an idyllic dream, traveling and, you know, having lunch with your friends and playing tennis every Wednesday or whatever. And that is all really important. And the thing I say to people is this is about life on your terms at last. You know, and I think a lot of people say what they love most is they can say no to things when they haven't been able to do that in a corporate career. They, they have had to do things they maybe didn't want to. So I think that bit is quite important for them. But I haven't really found people who've 
I mean, there must come a stage, and I'm just not working with them, when people do get to the point where they say, um, you know, I want, I just have, I can think of one person. But you see, what happens is whenever we find, whenever I think I've found somebody who's just having fun in commas, you suddenly find that they've then taken on a role in doing something or they're helping some young person or whatever. Actually, it's very rare that I think people are doing nothing. And I don't think it's very healthy to do nothing, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, research shows that you're more likely to be physically ill and mentally ill, much, much more likely to be mentally ill. And that's being about being connected to your communities and staying up to date and relevant. I think it's really easy if you don't, it's, it's difficult to do anything. You know, what does that mean, really? Um, you know, you might help out in a sort of charity shop or you might help somebody's son or daughter or something with their business or something but it may not feel like you're doing very much so it's really difficult to sort of um to define what all of that means I think but I think for most people anyway I tell them they're much better off doing things they'll be much happier if they do and anyway I want them to I want them to contribute to society still I think that's important I think I think where I was going probably you pinpointed it it's that nobody really does nothing but not everyone wants a business of some sort or wants to be an entrepreneur that they're looking for other, other avenues, because I know a lot of people that I've spoken to say, when I retire, I'm doing nothing. And, and I kind of smile because I know they're not going to be sitting in an Adirondack chair, you know, looking out at this at the sunset forever. They're going to be up doing things. They're going to be, you know, helping out in their community, they're going to be, you know, joining their church, they're going to do something. And, you know, I have heard stories, I'm really sad, I haven't found the hard evidence of this, I, I'm looking for research, but I can't find any. But people say that they've had colleagues who've retired and didn't manage to find any role, whatever they were looking for. And honestly, they've died within anything between six months and two years. Um, and I think that's the there's a massive, well, we talk about, one of the things I do talk about in the workshops is about that retirement is like a bereavement and that overnight you lose so much. You know, one minute you've got colleagues around you, you've got that identity, that self-esteem and things you don't even realise how much you're valuing them until yeah. they've gone. And it's such a shock to some people. But honestly, it's the it is the, literally the end of them, uh, which is absolutely tragic, really. And that's what I'm hoping that we stop. Um, is is it's about creating a balanced life in this next stage, and and one that makes people happy and feel fulfilled. Yeah, that's so true. I I've heard the same thing that you know a number of people have retired and within six months they're gone, and mm-hmm. and that's sad. You know? Their friends are saying they didn't have time to do anything. It's like, well, you know what? They chose to do nothing, probably. And doing nothing is what... Or that they had tried to do stuff and they didn't have the skills or the wherewithal to know, well, how do I make this work? And that's what I was seeing with people. When I I found the first batch of people who came to me, honestly, they were clinically depressed. And I could have seen them being on a downward journey if we hadn't managed to repackage them and show them and introduce them to people and show them how to make this next stage work, which is, you know, incredibly rewarding, really. That's why I love what we're doing. I like that repackage them. <laughs> it is. It is, it is, it, and it is exactly, you know, 
it's it's like figuratively putting a new coat on them and sending them back out into the world to do the next step. Yeah. So on your website, you've got a lot of different things available and different uh, different links that I can click. Can you talk a little bit about what's available on your website when people come to uh, to see okay. next up? So that repackaging is quite a lot of what we do. So we we do still offer services to individuals, but it's kind of that's more reactive. And we still get a steady stream of people who they come to us for help with their LinkedIn profile in particular and their CV. Um, And we can sort of help also we can do coaching and help them work out what it is that they want to do next. We have as part of our workshops and uh, the other services, we have a questionnaire which people find quite helpful. I developed it with all sorts of people who had retired. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about this. It's the time of year. Um, yep. time. Um, so what we've done with the questionnaire is get people to think about what is it that you want to do next? And often it's the first time they've started articulating what this retirement might look like. So we sort of say, do you need to earn money? And surprising actually how many people still say, yes, I do. You think, hmm. <laughs> That might have been better sorted out earlier, but anyway. Um, and do you need to earn money? How many days a week do you want to, <clears throat> inverted commas, work? <coughs> Jackie, just hold on a second. Let me redo that bit. <clears throat> Shall I start again there? No, that's good. You, you can right? continue. That's, that's that okay. okay. Yeah, you're good. So um, apologies about that. So... What we ask people is, you know, and what sort of things might you be interested in? Everything from the wretched non-executive director roles, but to helping your community, mentoring, helping charities. And I think people forget that when you help a charity, too many people think of it as being a trustee. I'm trying to think what you call them in America. Um, But you have a role on the board of the charity. And that's quite a commitment. And a lot of people say when they're retired, they don't want that every month they have to go to a board meeting. And actually, what I keep saying to people is go and chat to a charity and ask them what issues and challenges they're facing and see is there something there that maybe you could help them with, um, that you get involved with their charity and do projects maybe, you know, take something on. Uh, most people are quite happy to go and do something for free at this stage. And, you know, you're getting experience, making new contacts, and it's incredibly rewarding. So that's one of the things we do. And then things like we run workshops on how to be a consultant. And uh, we also talk through helping people how you become a coach. And we do lots of things like introducing people as part of that as well um, to people who are going to sort of help them get going. So I assume that you... um help mostly people in the United Kingdom. Do you help people elsewhere as well? We do actually. And it, yeah, probably mostly it's in the United Kingdom, but um, we do, we're helping people in America, in France, in the Middle East. Um, I used to work out in the Middle East, so not a lot of people there. So really it's all around the world and the issues are pretty much the same wherever you are. Um, and the other thing that we're doing, Jackie, is I love what I'm doing now, but it's quite, elitist I guess that we're working with senior people and you know it's quite expensive to do that because we put a lot of time into it but what I really want is my vision is we can help every employee coming up to retirement so we're just in the process of developing an online platform and we've got some employers already saying they'd like to trial this with some of their employees and I want to make this really an affordable thing that every employer 
can offer it as part of their sort of employee well-being, if you like, and part of their ongoing career development. We, we do lots and lots for the early part. We don't look after people in that last part of their um, careers, really. And I think a lot of employers are working up to that, uh, sort of waking up to the fact that that really needs more attention. And it's quite interesting. I've got a few employers now where they have said that they've got, they call them the pillars of diversity that they're looking at. And diversity has become such a big issue. I know, particularly in this country, but I think all around the world, that it's now much higher up the agenda. And that age has come in as one of the pillars of diversity. And most people don't really know quite what to do with it. So actually the workshops we're running are really helpful to them because then they feel like, okay, we can do something here around age. And that's also that you can look at the age thing in terms of looking at them starting to mentor some of the younger generation as well, that you're getting that intergenerational. That's what I really love, the intergenerational aspect of a lot of what we do. I think that's really interesting. And I think making it available to everyone to all of the different employers so that they can uh, kind of integrate it into their their corporation or their their business as they go along. I think that's wonderful. It's kind of a uh, transition program for people who are, you know, getting up in the in their time in the in the company. That's great. So before we uh, finish off, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Anything in particular about about your business or about you know, retirement in general or unretirement, as you say? Well, I think the thing I would love to say to people is no matter who you are, what job you have had, by the time that you reach the age of 50 and more, you have got so many life skills. And I think it's easy for people to think that they're now out of tune with what's going on. And you need to find ways to value yourself, you know, and, and not to think you're out of date. But the other thing is, have the confidence to stay up to date with tech. Because I think tech is one of the areas, you know, look at you, Jackie, good for you, setting up a podcast and things. You had to learn about it. But it probably wasn't as difficult as you might have imagined. Once you get into it, there's plenty of help. And goodness knows, we all can just Google just about anything. Uh, and there's a YouTube video for it. And I think one of the things that's very aging and makes you seem less relevant is, oh, tech, I don't do that. Or, oh, social media, I don't do that. I think they're both really aging things. And that if you think about, you could be retired for longer than you worked. Now, that's quite a thought, isn't it? And actually, think about all the things that changed while you were working that you had to get to grips with um, as technology came in, you know, for a lot of us, there weren't computers around when, well, there were the big mainframe computers, but there weren't yep. individual PCs around. And what you don't want to be is thinking about another 20, 30, 40 years, and you're really disconnected from society. And I think that it's really giving yourself that challenge, giving you small steps to give confidence and staying up to date so that you're not disconnected from society, from your children, your grandchildren, the others around you and I think that would be my tip for everybody um, have the confidence and give it a go and stay up to date and you know look at me I'm really hardly an, a techie person but here are we developing an online platform and you know I've got to do an MVP what's an MVP a minimum viable product so you know we're still learning and we're still going and I'm determined I'm not going to be left out on this we're going to make it work 
That's fabulous. Thank you so much, Victoria. I've really oh, enjoyed talking with you. And Thank I, you, I Jackie, think and I wish all your listeners well on this journey. I think it's a fantastic time if we can just make it work. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Are you ready to start rocking your retirement? Head on over to www.beyondretirement.ca forward slash rocking it and sign up to plan out your own roadmap for retirement. Don't wait till it's too late.